What's up, guys? Just wanted to take a moment to give a quick shout out to Tennessee Hills Brew Stillery for being so hospitable. All the staff was great. Bartenders were awesome. Thank you guys so much. Go check them out this weekend and tell them AUA sent you. Also, personal shout out to Danny Smith. Thank you for everything. You did great on the podcast. Thanks for letting us sample all the beer. He's a great guy. He really is a great guy. So Very knowledgeable as well. Very, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. Very passionate about what he does. Anyway, till next time. Deuces. This is AUA. Y'all stay Enjoy safe. It. Stay thirsty. Enjoy the episode. Peace. <laughs> all right welcome back to another episode today we're back at tennessee hills brew stillery in johnson city tennessee we're with the head head brewer head, head, brewer. head brewer danny smith so thanks for having us danny oh, thank you thanks for being, for being here. on here pretty excited got some beers so i guess I guess we're just gonna drink some beer and just, just have chat. yeah just have it have bro out a little bit honestly good to me sunday fun day so sunday fun day absolutely <laughs> better than the sunday scaries for sure <laughs> yeah those are for monday <laughs> this is great you like it which one was this the goza that's the goza yep the goza that is so good it's honestly like oh you're missing the lake literally though oh my god sours are so good in the warm weather i don't know like it's so smooth like it's not know. sour right off the bat it's like it is it the is it the salt that makes it like so refreshing in the some of the salt um there's actually a new strain of yeast that we use for that one like we talked about earlier um you know yeast produces alcohol or uh, alcohol and co2 during fermentation that one yeah. actually makes lactic acid so it sours itself during fermentation and uh, no way lactic acid so you really don't have to do anything I, yeah just well you do sit there and, oh, yeah. <laughs> you a do bit, a lot actually you <laughs> just have to do everything I work for a day and then watch it for a month hoping it turns out right that i feel like that's kind of the the sucky part about the whole process i would just you be have nervous to, you have to wait so long before you can even try it uh, yeah like that's what sucks so is there any way to know if it's going to turn out good during the process you just got to wait till the end product we we taste it almost every day along the way and make sure that it kind of lines up with what we hoped that it was going to turn out like but um some of the processes that we talked about earlier like checking the ph has a lot to do with it um as long as the ph is in the wheelhouse of what we're looking for yeah um you know at least at that point we stand a chance um as soon as it starts getting too low uh we picked up some sort of infection and at that point um <laughs> it's one of those hopefully you don't have to dump it but sometimes it has to go that's tragic well cheers by the way cheers so is there you're talking about infection oh do you you want to re-up you can get another if you want feel free i'll go ahead and i'll just finish this one then <laughs> while you're up there <laughs> oh well i was going to get four honey blondes for everybody oh okay. sorry pay attention connor <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's me. laughs> all right so what made you want to start or what made you want to be a brewer and like how old were you when you got started in the process i started in 2000 or 2015 so 29 30 ish um and it was a hobby you know i was spending a lot of time on the golf course it was expensive had nothing to show for it i spent a lot of time fishing it was expensive never had anything to show for it i uh, started home brewing and i ended up with five gallons of beer so you know the wife stayed much happier and that was that way. like you you brewed your own thing so what did like you, you just get your like, own thing did you get like one of the homebrew kits that you can um, I, actually, a buddy of mine was doing it quite a bit. Um, so he, we did all grain, but it was a, a 10, de, 10 gallon stainless steel pot and a, a Gatorade cooler that we put a false bottom no way. in. And I've still got it. Um, yeah, it, it's That's archaic really cool. as could be. Yeah, and right. There were no cool. pumps. There was uh, very little science to it at is that, that point. But is that something, that cooler, is that something you think you'll keep? 
I, I think so. Like I thought about trying to sell it, but hopefully one day it, yeah. it's going to be a cool little relic. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, think so, so. Absolutely. I would keep it. I mean, yeah. that's how it literally got you interested in yeah. it more yeah. or less. And a lot of the recipes that we have on the board started there. Yeah. You know, literally. Would, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they really did. This this shirt he's wearing is literally <laughs> a seven dollar sweater from Walmart, and then he got the little iron on stickers. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because like it's it's nice to like visualize something. Once you can visualize it, you know you can like I don't know. It's just easier than picturing oh, yeah. it in your head versus once you see it, you know. So yeah. that will probably be something that we keep. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep this. Eternity. Absolutely. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about one. I want one whenever there's more okay. than one of them. Yeah, whatever we we're trying to yeah. figure it out right now. But yeah. everywhere we're looking, you gotta buy them in bulk. Mm-hmm. And it's like I want to see it before I commit to buying it. So Yeah. Okay, so do you come up with the names yourself? Like I see all the names over there. Is that like you or is it a group effort? Um uh, me and a group effort that's okay. my least favorite part about the whole process really i would call them all six dollars and be done <laughs> but um <laughs> you gotta come up Makes with the, the creative name yeah yeah they um and a few of them have you know kind of specific meeting yeah. meanings right. like the, the our hefeweizen that i know you guys tried the last it's, time that you were here oh, i love that beer i thought it was I so wish good I would, yeah it's, so it's so good. 16th star hefeweizen tennessee is the 16th state in the union so we're the 16th star and every bit of wheat and pilsner malt um comes from riverbend malt house down in Asheville, and it was sourced from clarksville tennessee so we're trying to keep it in state and as local as possible right. that's really cool i did not know that but, yeah, we should probably publicize that a little bit more. But, but yeah. <laughs> so fun fact for the day. Oh, I don't know if you... Oh, what are you I looking was, at? Was, you were talking. Puma. <laughs> <Luma? laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what is your... What's what was your, the fun fact? No, the fun fact was the, the Hefeweizen. Oh, I thought you were going to hit us with a fun I, fact. That's what I thought. Oh. <laughs> said that's what I was looking at you. I was like, oh, no. So do you have... What's your personal favorite on the menu? Do you have a personal Ooh. favorite? You have to have um, a personal favorite. If I wasn't proud of it, it wouldn't be up there, but I tend to stick around the Big Honey Blondes, the American Pale Ale, and the Rugged IPA. And then See, this summer, I'll get back into the Sunrise. Those are like drinking. my three favorites. All right. <laughs> you did good on them. <laughs> IPAs are good. I'm just not big on stouts. Stouts are not mine. Oh, yeah. I like stouts when it's cold. Yeah. And then it, I can, you know. It's definitely it's, a cold weather beer. It's still hard for me to drink like a six-pack of them, but, yeah. but I do love a good stout. Yeah. Same here. I've had a few. So is the process for the sours way different than the regular beers? Or is it pretty much the same, like you said? it? Not that one. Um, there's a lot of different techniques you can go about to get to a sour beer. Um, but the, the sour VCA yeast that uh, we use on that one, it's just like brewing any other beer and just being patient and monitoring um, You know that the sour VCA produces the lactic acid, which is going to make it sour. And... Um, yeah, so it's that one's not a whole lot different. Interesting. It's just, I guess, like you said, the ingredients that make it. Oh yeah. Come out differently. Yeah, yeah. We do add the Himalayan rock salt and the you know fresh ground coriander, um, which is you know true to style for a goza. But um, we don't no fruit. You know, there's that beer lends itself to fruit. Um, we did a small batch of, uh, where we aged it on fresh strawberries, um, and that was excellent. But um, you know, you you pick up enough citrus from it that I feel like you. You don't need to. You're just, you know, a little bit too much if you if you prove that one. Yeah. So what? Do you have any uh, crazy new ideas like in the works? So oh, yeah, like in your back pocket, you haven't told anybody about. Th- there's one that I've been circling for a while, and I can't wait to hear people pronounce it. But it's called the Pibo Um It's a Polish beer. Um, it's made with all wheat, 
but the you know the telltale nice. of what it. service? Look at them. <laughs> what <laughs> service? No, you're good. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, it's a Polish style beer. Um, it's low in alcohol content, but um, it's all wheat. But the trademark of it is some of the wheat has to be smoked with oak. Smoked? Yes. That sounds And great. we have a surplus of oak bourbon barrels that have been oh, dumped right? recently. So we're actually going to smoke the wheat with our bourbon barrels and then turn it back that into... So uh, yeah. And it's uh, not so, going to be smoky so, like a raw so beer kind of thing. But it's just going to be like a, a, a sweetness from the smoke. But okay. low alcohol and just And it was called it. what? Uh, Pivo Grogiskia. Pivo Grogiskia. 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 Can't wait to hear people pronounce it. Oh, it's gonna get butchered. I'm just gonna say, just give me the pivo. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, so, everybody's gonna say piwo because it's oh, yeah. P-I-W-O. Oh, oh, oh 100, yeah. Where, where is that? What'd you say it was? Polish? Mm-hmm. Polish. Um, so how long does that one take to make? It, it, it'll be an ale, so typically uh, roughly a month from the time oh, I brew it until oh. it's until it's in the glass. But we'll also partner up with uh, Riverman Malt House down in Asheville, and they've got a smokehouse, so they'll have the wheat. It'll all be wheat from Tennessee, just like it's in the Hefeweizen, and then smoke with, you know, S.E. Callahan bourbon barrels. Right. So do you smoke it just like you would smoke, like, brisket or something? Pretty much. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. How long do you smoke it? That's a Riverbend question. <laughs> That's fair enough. So you talked about earlier, during whenever you gave, you gave us a tour of the whole place, a lot more science goes into it than, than I personally knew about. I'm not going to lie, which was really cool. Yeah. What step in the process is your favorite? Like Ooh. overall, like what is one thing that you're like, oh man, I can't wait to test these I, pH balances. I, <laughs> no, that, that's a Dave. That's a Dave question. <laughs> okay. yeah, our brew chemist. Yeah, he'll he'll handle the pH. But I assume in the um, process, the whole thing, you're like, I do enjoy this specific aspect of it. The part that I get most excited and the most nervous about at the same time is whenever I see somebody come into the bar and they ask for a sip of something before they order it. Like you can get a flight Tasting pour, it. you can do all that, but you know, you get a sip of it. I know that I'm I'm trying not to make eye contact with you, but I'm watching. And, um, <laughs> I don't even think of that. That's that's probably really hard to like. Even right now, like there's people in the bar and you're sitting here and you're like, what if they hate it? Are you good at yeah. like reading people's face when they? Because you know, people try to. Not, I mean, I, I guess oh. it genuinely all depends on preference. Like, yeah. I don't like dark beers, yeah. like, you know, so I wouldn't order. Although I did like the, the chocolate raspberry <laughs> style. That was it, yeah. great. We'll, we'll get that one dialed in a little bit better next time. But. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Somehow Luke didn't taste the raspberry. I don't know. I think that's a problem on his end. But Well, yeah, definitely. Because we, we've done beer reviews before, and I don't know. I don't know what I look for when I drink a beer, but... So, I'm just generally shocked that the chocolate was probably my my top one, honestly, because I don't do chocolate anything. I hate chocolate. Yeah. It was so chocolatey. How did you do that? How did you get the? How was that so chocolatey? So we actually um, we made our base porter, which is the tavern in the valley porter that's on the wall right now, and then we split it into two batches, and then we added uh, chocolate and a raspberry puree to it. No and way. Let it you know sit and blend and kind of mellow out and do its thing and. Yeah, that was it. Honestly, we were we were supposed to sit on that one, and that was going to be our Valentine's Day release. Oh but, yeah. Um, after we tasted it, you know, after it had been aging for a little while, it was like, yeah, we we can't leave this in the cold room. And Literally. Ironically, we sold out of it. 
on February 13th. It was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, it worked oh, wow. out then. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. It was good. It literally tasted like a raspberry cordial. Really yep. Literally. It was really good. So is there one, like, say you get the batch and then it just, like, it's not usable. So you literally just have to pour all of it out. That's why we do pilot batches. It's a lot easier uh, oh, to dump yeah. out, you know, 15 oh. gallons if it doesn't work out. Fortunately, we haven't had to dump a full batch yet. Well, that's our, good. Our, our CIP process is pretty rigorous and detailed. So That would be a very hard thing to do. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't. I, I, I won't be able to be here if somebody has to dump a batch. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll be here, but I'll be up at the bar. <laughs> so I know I asked you this earlier, but um, so you do you plan on canning or bottling? Because right now it's just in in-house right yeah we're we're tap room only um about 99 percent um but we have two more 30 barrel fermenters coming in which um is huge our big most of our fermenters are 10 barrel right now um we've got one 30 barrel and if we're adding two more we'll be able to do you know three batches into one tank so then you'll have enough production that you can keep what you need for here. I can keep. I'll have my four fermenters yeah. to keep this the tap room going, and then you'll I'll be have, able to you know 900 gallons of three different styles of beer that I can put in the cans, and um, and then we'll start expanding our footprint a little bit. So, are you going to wait until you can like bottle can everything that you have and then sell it, or just kind of can what you can and sell it as you? Can? Uh, we'll we'll can our top three right now, which is the Sunrise in the Hills, Smart. the Lager, um, the Rugged IPA, and then the Big Honey Blonde. Those are your top sellers. Mm -hmm. And every now and then a few others will creep in there, like the Cream Ale was our best seller last night. We had a super busy Saturday, and um, I, I was very surprised when I checked the numbers this morning and the Cream Ale was on top. But I tried to try the Cream Ale last time I was here and the keg tapped. Okay. So we've got oh yeah you did I remember. he was like it just well, went out I like a good cream ale but, but yeah we've got our like our base model cream ale and then the one that we've got on right now we aged on white peaches so we've got a white white peach. peaches yeah so that white sounds peach. like a summer beer uh, yeah for sure that sounds great I love I've got I love a good late day with beer I've recently yeah. just got into summer shandy oh yeah I don't even oh, the Lonnie Googles yeah they, they're onto something <laughs> they really are so I agree that shit's so good. So we do a, like our own take on it. Um, in Germany, they have a, what's called a Rattler, where yeah. they'll use either a Pilsner or a Hefeweizen, which is what we use, but um, they'll fill the glass up 90% of the way and then top the rest of it off with like a lemonade. And, um, the, it, the, the beer itself? Yeah, yeah like I don't do a whole lot of you know beer cocktails or mixing right. beer with anything, but we actually have a recipe where we'll uh, cut the lemons in half and grill them. So it adds that extra level uh, layer of like caramelization and sweetness to it. Um, put that on top of the hefeweizen. And I bet. I bet that's so. That sounds so good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it sounds now. great. So that how do you great. how do you decide what your next like once oh. you make a recipe and you know you're like that's great. What how do you decide what the next thing you want to move on to? Is it just what hits you or? It's a, a lot of it's seasonal quite a bit. Um, as soon as it started to get cold, the, the stout took off and yeah. I, it kind of got caught in a bad spot because the stout was gone and you know the rest of it was in the tank so we cold weather started and we didn't have a dark beer offering so, so do you um, have to start pre-planning yeah we're, we're, we're on to spring beers now for sure oh you're, you're already yeah so they'll so, be out or ready by the time yeah, hot weather's here yeah so we'll, um like like i was telling y'all earlier we've got a double ipa that's in the tank now that's going to be our first one maybe not as much of a you know sessionable beer but um you know something you'll drink two of and 
Right. You need to drink water before yeah. you drive home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of beers that I, like, we've talked about, that there's beers that I can, like, easily down a six-pack out the lake, but th- there's some beers that I'm like, I could not, like, they're just too heavy. Like, I can't drink a whole six-pack of this beer. Yeah. So, so like, we'll, the, this Gosa, this yeah. is dangerous in a glass, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the, is it is it half a Weissen or half a Weissen? Half a Weissen. Okay. I think so I told it, you it wrong translates to uh, yeast and wheat. So bison oh, really? means wheat, and that, like all the character and the essence that you get from the hefeweizen, the some people pick up banana, some people call it citrus, and then clove or black what pepper. What is that? It's not in what you like. It's like, a it's a byproduct of fermentation. Really? So like the yeast so does that just, all by itself. I get that, I get a lot of banana whenever, but like the hefeweizen, that's like one of my favorite summer beers. Yeah, I've only tried a couple. They're kind of hard to find mm-hmm. sometimes, but. Yours is great. I loved it. Thank you. If if that one is canned for the summer, I'll be behind it. I'll make you some. Well, we've got the crowler. I'll get, get to send you out of here with some 32-ounce cans today. <laughs> oh, okay. you, have, you have growlers? Crowlers. So we fill up a 32-ounce can and actually seal it up. Oh. Um, yeah, That's we, pretty cool. we don't We don't push growlers because, in my opinion, a growler is good for, you know, 12 to maybe 24 hours yeah. if you open it like you got to drink it all yeah, yeah. but right. you got a 32 ounce can so it's two pints dude uh, if, if you're talking about like we could actually seal it today that would be oh yeah yeah no doubt we'll get you all taken care of oh my god dude, that's so cool that so cool so how does it make you feel whenever like like right now you have customers you see all here these at the people bar. drinking how does it make, beer yeah how does it make you feel to see people enjoying what you put your all your hard work and time and effort into it, it's humbling i'm just glad that people are here and enjoy it and that that's all i'm shooting for you know i would like for you to enjoy one i would really like for you to enjoy five <laughs> <laughs> i just think it would be so cool like to sit back and be like you don't know what i went through for you to have that this in your glass like oh. it's this is so cool from Thinking about what you gave us a tour of, like yeah. the, all of that, and I'm sitting here drinking. I feel like it like must be just such a cool feeling to look at someone drinking this beer and know that, like, that's now, you. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I aged two or three years in the week leading up to our grand opening because <laughs> you know I've made a, a ton of beer yeah. before um, before I became affiliated with Tennessee Hills, but it was never uh, our or my creation or yeah. you know, and it's. I'm shy, so putting yourself out there. I mean, shoot, there's websites that are designed to bash what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Tap, whatever. But well, that's how we feel doing this because yeah. whenever we came, it was hard. The, the, the first time we yeah. did, like when we did this, the first time, like we had to sit in the car for a minute and like try not to talk ourselves out of coming up and setting setting all this up at a table. Like yep. it was, it was tough to even start the podcast, but that was like a huge step. No, I'm glad you guys did. Thank you all for picking here. I'm glad we did, too. Oh, like yeah, it. no, that's what I was saying. We said, like, everyone here was so great. Like, everyone was so genuinely nice. Yeah, I got to, um, on that note, I got to shout out to our staff. We've got an excellent oh, staff Oh, yeah, here. please. Louie like, and Cass took yeah. incredible care of us. They were great. Yeah. They did great. They've, they've been here since day one. Um, Devin and Sydney are awesome. And there's, it's weird coming to work, not not dreading what you got to go do and not dreading the people that you're going to be around that, ma- that makes, a, it huge makes a huge difference matter for sure it really does like a huge difference because i have a friend right now she like she doesn't really enjoy her job and she generally like she dreads like if she if it doesn't matter if she's off for like 14 hours mm-hmm. she counts down the clock and she's like i gotta be there in like eight hours i'm like dude Generally, it's generally, it's no that's way to live. Like that sucks. That'll ruin every Sunday. It really for you. One hundred percent. You're cringing yeah. about Monday. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm mad when the alarm goes off on Monday, but that's about the only time. <laughs> so, okay. so what are your like? How many hours do you put in here? Probably, I don't know if you have like a set nine um, to five or is it just? Not, 
it, it fluctuates. Um, we don't wow. have climate control in the brew house, so during the summer, oh, when really? I've got the oh, you know no. several tanks, it, it could be a hundred degrees in there easy. Man, so, I didn't even think of that. So what do you have to do to keep them? Come in at four thirty. And <laughs> in the morning. You, yeah. But what do you what do you do? Just play with the temp in the warehouse or what? There's no like he had, there. there's no temperature control in there. I mean, they, we have fans oh. <laughs> that blow hot air. So he's saying he has to get here early in the morning. He literally have but to beat the sun before it comes much. up. Oh my gosh! But but you know it's not bad. It's yeah. um, it, I don't really have a, it, it varies you know depending on what we're doing that day. But if it's for my comfort, if I come in at 4:30 and you know brew a batch and clean up and everything's checked off the list, then you know I'll go home at two. Yeah. But yeah. also, if it's if there's stuff to do, I'll be here for 16 hours. And Damn. Not mad about so it. So what way. what part of the year is the busiest for you? We're just starting to figure that out. You know, we opened in July of last year, so um, this part of the year is uncharted territory for us. Um, I think December of last year was the busiest month that we've had. Yeah. But um, January is historically the worst worst um, month of the year for bars and breweries and everything. People um, just like not. Well, everybody's out. trying to do dry January. And, oh yeah. You know, other New Year's resolutions and blah blah blah. Yeah, I never but, got into all that myself. Oh no, I tried dry uh, February once. I made it to the sixth. <laughs> I never even tried it, so you better not. To. <laughs> I tried the dry January as well, and I made it honestly two weeks. And I know this sounds bad because everybody's like, "Oh, you just can't go with the alcohol." That's generally not what it is, and that's like part of our whole like. Our whole name, like, you know, right now, like, everybody's just like, oh, you guys just enjoy alcohol too much. And I'm like, that's not it. Like, there's nothing wrong with just having a genuine conversation over a beer. Over a beer. Like, you know, just, like, drinking a beer and just, like, everything can be drinkable, you know? Like... I don't drink to get in a good mood. I drink because I'm in a good mood. It's like a social... Exactly. Yeah, it's like a social aspect, you know? It just adds, like, a layer of, like, the camaraderie and, like, you can... Like this, we're talking about beers and just, like, having conversation. It's nice. You're trying to do a dry January and you go to have dinner or something and somebody offers you a beer. Oh, I'm doing doing dry January. I'm going to turn it down. I would fail. I'd be like, Yeah, I don't (laughs) drink on Mondays. I drink water on Mondays. (laughs) So what is your go-to beer if you go out somewhere, if you're at a bar, like you go somewhere? Um, if I go into a brewery, the first thing that I'm going to try and I'm going to uh, judge them on is a pale ale. Oh, shoot. So do you do you actually go to other, like, just... Oh, yeah. Anytime I'm anywhere outside of this area, yeah. I try to find any and every brewery that I can. It's actually kind of smart, too, because then you can, like, kind of, like, try their product and be like, okay, like, I could do something similar to that, or I could, like, I could beat test... It. Yeah, I could what test are they doing right? Yeah, I yeah. could beat that, yeah. Kind of yeah. interesting. Have you been actually. to um, Asheville? Oh, I love Asheville. Yeah. So, have you been there and compared their stuff against yours? Oh yeah. Well, um, obviously, his is better. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> but no, um, Asheville uh, Green Man Brewing is one of my very favorite breweries. Uh, Green Man's they're good. Just that place is solid. awesome. It's beautiful. They they do everything right. So. Um, one day I want to be like Green Man because yeah, cheers for them. Uh, I agree. I never had a Green Man, man that I didn't. Green enjoy. Man is. We went there recently. We didn't. I wish we could have audio video. So I wish we could have somehow had it on file because Luke almost didn't make it back from Nashville. But <laughs> what, Dude, happened it's, was. It's, it's, yeah, what had happened was there's so many like great breweries just all mashed into one area. And, and so, like, it's just so hard not to go to each one yeah. and, like, get, like, two or three and beers you, and just try to get a flight. Drink and, you know? that much yeah. beer, like, you're just there, you're drinking, you're like, I feel great. And then all of a sudden you're asleep. 
<laughs> so anyway, it creeps on me. Yeah, no, it's all yeah, I've seen me do it. <laughs> Literally. What, what's your highest percentage of alcohol beer that you have here? I don't know if I love oh, um, We've got a few that are in the 7, 7.5% range, but the double IPA that we just released the pilot batch of and the full batch is coming out in the next few weeks is going to be 8.5%. So I know this has all to do with fermentation, but what may, like, how do you get to like eight and a half or like 5.5? A whole lot of grain. Yeah? Yeah. So it, it yeah. So, so the, sorry. No, go ahead. Interrupt you. Do, do the hops make the beer more alcoholic? Like the more, okay. you've, you've, had, I, you've had debatable conversations. I had, I had a, a manager at a liquor store that I used to work at and he told me, that's actually, I actually just thought of this. I kind of want to ask you. He told me that the term India Pale Ale comes from so when the people were coming from India to America, they would store the beer on the ships, and to keep them from going bad, they would just keep dumping hops into it. But he said it preserved it, but it also made it more alcoholic. So I kind of want to fact check a little. Probably just something he heard and passed along. But he got a few. The version of the story that I'm familiar with, like he touched on a few of those uh, bases, but um, the India Pale Ale story that I know and I, I wasn't there so I can't attest to it. <laughs> I wasn't on the boat. <laughs> but, um, back when you know Britain was the superpower of the world yeah. um, they were controlling the spice trade so they had outposts in India so to get from Britain to India they were selling all the way around Africa and the beer was going bad. So hops have a natural bacteriostatic uh, quality to them that like inhibits bacterial growth and keeps beer fresh. So they figured out if they hop the dammit out of something, um, then it's going to stay fresh, and then their soldiers soldiers will actually be able to drink it in India. So and he was, it, but it hasn't. He, he was, was close. It has he zero. Close. It has zero. Does to not do affect alcohol the, content. Okay. No, no, it's all flavor and. It does make it more bitter, though, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because I've heard, like, the longer you let something sit and ferment, like, the more alcohol, like, the higher alcohol content it's going to be. It's kind of, yes. Okay. Um, my goal is that I, w I want some sugar left so that there's some sweetness to the yeah. beer to balance out the bitterness from the hops. So if it ferments for too long, the sugar goes with it, the correct? Yeah, yeah, it ferments the sugar, so it's going to be very dry, hop water <laughs> flavored. I've recently just, honestly, this past year during, during or I guess two years ago, during quarantine, like I really got into the hoppy beer because I didn't like hoppy beer. I knew, granted, I never tried it. But he lives with me, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then now I work at a liquor store, and so I just try a different thing that comes out. And so, and then I went to, I don't know if you ever been to Libation Station. Oh, absolutely. They oh, have, that place is so They cool. have a lot, a wide variety of a lot of things. So I would just go in there and be like, Oh, I have a I, shelf in my fridge designated to single bottles that I get from there. And anybody can drink any beer cool that in my house that they want, except for that shelf. Don't touch the shelf. Um, so, how do beers get like dank? <laughs> like, I mean, Sweetwater has a beer literally called 420. Yeah. Oh, um, you know? Yeah. What makes that literally marijuana smell? Uh, they add terpenes. They have um, what? Terpenes. Um, I've actually heard that, the, that term before. It's kind of similar to like an essential oil, I guess, from a marijuana plant. Oh. But so it literally has marijuana. It, it doesn't have the psychoactive part right. of marijuana that that you're searching for. But, Just like um, the aroma. Yes, yeah, exactly. But also, um, you know, hops and marijuana are like the closest cousins that they could be. Oh, really? So, no way. Um, so, yeah, a super hoppy beer, um, it's not going to be like, you know, burning a bowl, but it's going to have the same calming, <laughs> relaxing effect. Um, oh. 
so I didn't we, know that. Yeah. So if, if, the more you if, know. if it's a day when I need to get out of here, but I need, have time for two beers, I'm going to drink two IPAs and reset. And yeah, it's it, it's just very calming. So this is a really weird question. I might not make it in because it might it might just not come off the way I want it to. I have a friend. And his mom drinks, like, two beers before she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, mellows her out and just, like, <clears throat> I guess makes her sleepy. Mm-hmm. What is what is that in the beer process that, like, makes that happen? I don't know if, you know, do I, you know? I would like to know what beer she's drinking before I answer that. Honestly, I think it was a Bud Light. The same, it wasn't same like an ingredient that's in NyQuil that makes him sleepy. Because <laughs> okay, I know beer is, like, a downer anyway, but. Not if you drink enough. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Uh, there's like a there's a window. <laughs> there's there. a fine line. Yeah, there really is. <laughs> you can drink through the sleepies, but then if you drink too much, it's just permanent sleepies. Yep. <laughs> so how did you know? You probably most people be like, "Well, I haven't yet." How did you know that you officially like? Because I'm sure when you started out in your garage with your buddy, mm-hmm. you had in your head you were like, "I know one day like I want to be doing a certain thing." How did you know when you were like, "I'm doing." Like, I manifested what I wanted to be doing. Like, you've made it, more or less. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot more you want to do in your career and life aspect, but... I don't know. I'm, I, I feel like I'm I know it's a there. deep it's, question. I was about to <laughs> yeah. say, is, is this what you envisioned when you started? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you started I, that, what, in 2000... I started brewing in 2015. In your Well, garage. I was actually going to my buddy's house in 2015. I bought his brew system in 2016. And so from brewing in a garage to <laughs> here in seven years, that's dang, that's that's pretty good. That's something to be proud of. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean you were I, in a I'm Gatorade cooler. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is a is a great mash tun. Don't talk shit Literally, about my Gatorade I, I think cooler. you should. I think you should actually. <laughs> I, I think the next beer name should be called like Gatorade cooler or like. Oh, I can see my garage can design right now that looks just like a Gatorade cooler with a dude. brand name on it. Dude, that would actually be really sick, that honestly. Like, imagine just a, a beer on the shelf that looks like a Gatorade cooler. That would actually be so cool. Yeah, delete that. Don't, don't put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, somebody would run with that because that's a great idea. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah, would you love to have your own thing, like, sitting on a shelf that's, like, Danny Smith's, like... Because I know, like... Steve, like S.E. Callahan, they have their own product on the shelf. Is that something that you would love to do? I want to elevate Tennessee Hills as much as I possibly can. Absolutely. Um, if my name is somehow affiliated with it, then it, it just, well, you've got. I'm, I'm happy. You've got Danny's Irish Stout up there. I was so. outvoted oh, yeah. on that. Oh yeah, you do. You're already. I was outvoted on that. That was not a name that I was going to pick. Nuh-uh. Um, but they said Danny's well, I an been Irish for name, that. so. No. I was actually going to ask you, did you choose for your name to be on that beer? No. No. <laughs> Do you if like you that had beer? A, if you had a oh, beer that, that you, beer. Okay. if you had a beer that you made that you would prefer your name to be on, like what would you choose? I think the stout is appropriate. Um, that was honestly one of the last recipes that I developed in the garage that I was brewing in. Oh, oh really? No you we made it once. in the garage? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and we didn't do a pilot batch of that one here. Like, I was confident like that each specific ingredient had a very specific pers- purpose, and uh, it checked all the marks. So there was no pilot batch of that one. It was uh, 700 pounds of grain, and let's fill up a fermenter. And it's it's going to be our year-round dark beer. It's light, it's dry, it's That's Irish. So cool. um, like if you want a dark beer during the summer, you can you can put a few of those down and not feel like death. That's, That's literally cool. so crazy to think that you started in your garage, and now people are sitting here right now enjoying your product. Yeah, it's humbling. That's crazy. 
service. Because, like, I mean, I guess in your head you envision, but, like, whenever you were in your garage, you probably didn't think that, like, this would be, you know, people would be... Which, uh, 2015 was, like, at the boom of breweries. You know, breweries oh, really? were opening up all over the place. Probably the as high as it got as far as new, new breweries opening per capita. And it was a market that I was not... You know, I'm a home brewer. I'm not ready to jump into that and compete oh, with these guys who've right. been doing it their whole life. But um, I just became consumed with it. But honestly, I think that people that start from like where you started almost honestly have more knowledge than the people that are way high up in the system. Honestly, because then they like because you can just hire somebody. You know, if you have a big enough brand, you can just like come in and do it. And they're like, oh, I brewed this beer. But you don't know, like you don't have the passion for it. You didn't start from where you did. I, I think that I think that people just starting or people that are still new to it probably have more passion for it than people that have been doing it for 40 or 50 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Knowledge-wise, you know, I don't know. But I do think there's more of a passion to it when it's still new. Yeah, you're, just, you're head over heels about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because alcohol is not going anywhere, so like, why not capitalize on the fact that like, why not make money off it? <laughs> you know, yeah, like exactly. essentially yeah. the bottom line, like, you know, <laughs> we want to make money off it. Didn't we? Literally, <laughs> hey, we we tried prohibition. True. So how did people said no? How did because obviously it was a factor. How did COVID affect everything? Like, like how did it, how did it, how did it affect it? Personally, um, at the time I was the assistant brewer for JRH, which the, was the brewery that was here. And um, JRH had been around for three or four years at the time. You know, there was a positive upswing in everything that we were doing. And then COVID hit, and it just kind of pulled the carpet out from under everybody. Yeah. So we did the best we could. Um, there was several days where I was, we were actually able to deliver beer. So I was masked up and gloved up and right. driving around, dropping six packs off to people that were, you know, the people that were supporting us and keeping us going. But it, it wasn't a sustainable business model. Yeah. And, you had to do what you had to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess you just kind of had to like adapt to what was happening. Yeah. Just like everybody. All right, so what? So I know that you have like, like you're here predominantly brewing beer, like a lot of the time. What's a day off for a head brewer of a of a brew distillery? A day off is uh, you're probably still the mine's probably still running. I say oh, it's always uh, it's always beer next week, but it's uh, we call it quality assurance. <laughs> I know what that is. I heard of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Daniel, well, I got your your stout here. So okay, one you sip review. One sip review. That's so dark. Is there like a color additive in that, or is that just strictly the ingredients that make it yeah, that so dark? Yeah, so how do you make a stout before I get into this? What's What makes it so dark? Um, a very small percentage of the grain bill is uh, black patent malt. So we Is it just for color, or does it add up some taste too? Uh, the black patent is going to give you a little bit more of a coffee-like dryness. So chocolate malt is another one yeah. that would add that color that was in the in the porter, and that's going to give it a chocolatey flavor. And it's all the same uh, malted barley that is, you know, they add the water to it, let it sprout, they kill the germination process, um, and then they kiln dry it. 
And oh, the, really? The amount of heat and the amount of time applied to it during the kilning process is what gives different characteristics. So chocolate malt has been damn near burned, or black oh, really? malt or black patent. Is know. there like a like a sweet spot that you're like, we have to get it out now, or it's gonna the whole thing is ruined? For, that's a monster question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess, honestly, really for any beer, like an IPA, like a session beer, like is there a sweet spot in any of the... There's certain requirements for each style. Like a, a West Coast IPA doesn't get caramel malt or crystal, crystal malt. And you know, there's just rules that kind of guide you to get to where you're going for a beer that's going to be recognized or that, that qualifies for BJCP standards. I was going to ask earlier, too, you were talking about by the way, I don't because I don't know if the camera might pick this up, but we were talking earlier. Beer can literally get a bacterial infection. Yeah, that was that yeah. was wild to me. So is there like? Because you said you can pick up on it when it's in the in the vat, right? Yeah, in the fermenter. Is, is there a threshold where you're like, this is too much? Like, can you if it's a little bit, can you deal with it, or like, what do you? Oh yeah. Like if you test it and you're like, we got a little bit of infection going on, like bad bacteria. What do you do? Um, hopefully send it to Jonesboro and let them distill it. What if you're like, what if you're 15 days into the month process and you test it and you're like, oh shit, we got way too much bad bacteria. What do you have to do? It, at that point, there's no saving it because oh, really? the bacteria has established itself. Um, it's overtaking the yeast. And um, I guess you can't like, so, give antibiotics to a beer. So, no. so what, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what makes the, the bacteria happen? Is there just like a certain thing? Like the, maybe there was a step in the process that was kind of like fucked up or like was it? So, you know, the, the tail end of the brewing process is boiling beer. So when it's boiling, and it, as long as it's above 180 degrees, um, your risk of picking up infection is minimal. But okay, um, right. whenever we put it through the plate chiller, um, it goes in at 200 degrees and it comes out at 67. So the plate chiller is the, Damn. like, the, that thing has to be clean. If it's not, you're going to know real fast. Right. Because that's kind of the temperature where bacteria grows. Yeah. Thrive. Yeah. Dark, and oxygenated, uh, sugar. Uh, still, it's like the perfect environment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. So, is there a way to tell, like, like right now we saw back there, you're fermenting beers. Is there a way, right? I guess you could just do like a little sample out and put it in. A, is that more of the do? the chemist side of it, or is that like your side of it? Both. Yeah. Both. So I was gonna say you've yeah. been in it long enough. You probably can tell if a batch is not. Oh, usable. if it's not right, yeah. Fortunately, it hasn't happened on a big scale. There have been a few uh, pilot hope. batches that have gone down the drain that nobody ever but, heard or like saw you said, again. You know, what is it? Fifteen gallons is the pilot batches, right? Yeah, yeah. a lot well, easier to waste. pounds of malt, and you know, a lot easier to waste that. So, whenever you have the pilot batches, is there a thing that's like you might put it out to the public and let them kind of get a feel for it? Just that oh, small of a school. The double IPA we just released on Wednesday. Um, I just had two sixths of it, so a sixth of a barrel, so five and a half gallons, something-ish. But, um, yeah, we released that on Wednesday. Uh, I was really hoping that it was would be here whenever you guys got here, but it was gone as of Friday afternoon. Hey, well, that's a good thing, though. It, it is a good thing. job security. It is a good problem yeah. to have. <laughs> job security for sure, 100%. So this, this stout, just on the nose, smells like a fresh bag of it? coffee beans. Can I smell honestly. it? Let me smell yeah. it. I'm not going to taste it, but... It smells like coffee. I didn't didn't want any chocolate in it. I wanted it. I don't even get. Do you use coffee beans or no? 
So we did a few, not in that. No. Um, the porter, um, we pulled a few gallons or a 15 gallon batch off into one of the small fermenters. Um, it's a massive ass dog. That's a horse. Jesus. But um, <laughs> but no, we uh, we pulled 15 gallons off, and then we actually um, pulled a little bit more out of it and made cold brew coffee out of. Um, out of the fermented beer. Oh and my gosh, I thought that was add that good. Beer. It was, uh, it was a breakfast beer for sure because it was way caffeinated. Oh, one hundred percent. Definitely helps when you get here at like five a.m. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, you know what? So that I would just, be. I just oh, took yeah. a, I just took a sip of this. You were, your description of it was spot on. It's great. Like it's, yeah, very much a stout, but the weight of it, like it's, it's light and very drinkable, but it's just. It has all of the aspects of a stout, like it's coffee, it's dark, but it's not. It's like you not take a drink sweet, of it, it's not cloying. Yeah, cloying. yeah. That's what that's what I was shooting for. I'm glad it, you enjoyed. Yeah, it. it's great. It's I don't know. It's really good. I could definitely down a few of these for sure. We got more. If it's pretty far into the process. But you know, if they're excited about it and wanting to drink it, uh, the the pilot batch that we did of the double IPA the other day, um, Scott's wife Daphne was the first one that got to try it off tap. That like, is so cool. We had just cleaned the line, and I, it was ten thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, Daphne, I got got a beer for you to try," and <laughs> filled her up a, a ten ounce like one of our small port glasses, and I was like, "Well, shit." Um, I hope you had breakfast. percent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like we She's say, got an excellent palate. But um, sure enough, before she left, she told Scott he needed to come by and try it. Stephen had heard about it, so that's so cool. I already know what you're about to say. <laughs> like we know. say over here, AUA, <laughs> can't drink all day if you don't start early. Damn right. So. It's true. <laughs> it's 100 percent true. Um, so I have a question. Is there? You may have already answered it. Is there any specific beer or a brewery that inspired like, either a certain beer or inspired like your ideas or to start this? I got to go back to Green Man. I was, I, that's what I figured. I they're, thought you might have already. They're just rock it, but, solid. They've yeah. been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, Especially I, to be from around here too. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're local to me. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Asheville's an hour down the road. Yeah. So. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I can hit up a few breweries and still this make place, it Because this place is pretty new to Johnson City. Yeah, this place has only been... How long has this place been open? It's not even been... We opened July 21st of last year. So it's not even been a year yet, has it? No, not oh, at shit. all. Oh, shit. No, it's literally not been a year. So that's why we're kind of in uncharted territory as far as, yeah. you know, what are sales like, what to expect, right. what the demand is going to be. Yeah, because I guess that was my next question. What it? <laughs> what What is, like, the next thing that you would like to accomplish as a whole for Tennessee Hills because I know you're the head brewer but like what is for you personally I guess I can't wait for the day that I go into a grocery store and see a can of Tennessee Hills um, dude that would be so cool can I'm you, gonna like, buy them all oh I would the first ones that come out I would literally <laughs> that buy that would just like, be oh, yeah. because it's it's, it's like gonna be a photo shoot it's like everything's yours too. yeah and it's you're like, like it's yours and you're selling to people your product people that you will never know that they bought your they bought your product and they're enjoying it at home like that's just something that you I would sit on my couch and be like Damn, someone really might be sitting on a couch on a Friday night. Someone might be having a hell of a Friday night off of your beer right now. Yeah. So, did, did, so whenever you you talked about your friend helping you, mm-hmm. did he ever? Because I'm. Did you? I guess we've touched on this a bit, but were any of your friends or family were like, "Bro, you have a Gatorade cooler. Like, what are you trying to do here?" Yeah. Did, <laughs> did anyone try to tell you like that this wasn't going to work or anything? Well, my parents don't drink at all. Mine don't <laughs> they either. were not fans. My parents don't even know about this podcast, Loki. But <laughs> <laughs>
All right, I guess we're good. Okay, hopefully. And if not, I mean, hell, we still were able to have beers with some cool people. So. Yeah, cheers to that. <laughs> I'll cheers, cheers to, to that. Sunday, Happy, Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> good luck on Monday. <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. But yeah, I'm sure that like some of your people were probably like, no, Danny, you have a Gatorade cooler in our garage. This looks a little suspect. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're not wrong. But um, no, I agree with that because like, we're from a very, very small town, and so like very deep I guess but like this right now to my parents would be like go to church like what are you doing you know I'm just gonna be straight up yeah. but like to me it's I don't yeah. understand that that thought process to yeah. me like I think a little bit of it is the little bit that I've tried to make sense out of or I've told myself I've made sense out of is when my parents were going to bars it was it, juke joints you know just run down um, people shit housed and falling all over themselves um, they never got to experience a brewery where it's a very much family and dog friendly environment literally where, yes you know, it's, a, it's a social thing almost as much as a restaurant before I got into beer like I wanted to bar- I was big into smoking meats and doing barbecue it's like well damn I can sell uh, 20 people one five dollar barbecue sandwich or I can sell 20 people five uh, $5 pints and I think I think honest to God it's honestly <clears throat> it's honestly like a culture a cultural aspect as well because mm-hmm. like most people like my parents they think like, you know drinking you're like oh you're getting you're getting wasted you know like you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing you're doing all these horrible things and I'm like okay but what a, what about the other side of it where like you make a literal living in a career and you you're and it's craft you're very it is it's a craft it's an artistic it's an art honestly i think it's an art it's literally an art like you know so much you're very passionate but like you're you're knowledgeable and like it's a literal craft like you know like you make this like it's insane and so i think that's the other side that i want people to realize that like it's not all about getting drunk getting you know whatever it's 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 a craft yeah come in and have three or four and feel a little bit better than you did when you got here or when you know when you leave you'll feel better when you i butchered that (laughs) you're good (laughs) i'm just gonna take a pause for a second so with this sour beer this gosa Mm -hmm. which is incredible is there a way say you wanted like a like a strawberry sour or like a green apple sour is there a way you could incorporate like fruit into the, the the batch to make it what you wanted it absolutely yeah, yeah. okay uh, we actually did a small batch of that with strawberry oh and really actually aged it on you know fresh strawberries that we cut up for hell and ever but um i was just about to say that's a lot of strawberries it's to have a to lot cut. of strawberries yeah a um, lot more strawberries than you ever want to see oh i'm sure <laughs> to the process so do y'all have to go through and hand cut all the strawberries absolutely yeah how long did that take? <laughs> a minute. <laughs> a long time, literally. It's a lot of strawberries. But I just think it's cool that, like, if you wanted to do like a, like a blackberry sour, mm-hmm. you know, you could just throw okay. that shit in there. Yeah, yeah, they, that's what we would that's do. That's so yeah. cool. That's so cool. So our, our farmhouse ale, um, one of my favorite beers that I made when I was brewing in the garage was the farmhouse ale. And um, after it was done fermenting, I would rack it over onto fresh peaches. And like, no joke, the first day that I did that was the day that Greg Allman died. So um, I had to call it my eat a peach saison. So I'm not very, very, who is that? The Almond Brothers, Greg yeah. Almond. Um, is it like the literal, like almonds? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But um, but yeah, that was the day he died. 
So it was my eat a peach saison, and we've talked about doing it and trying to use the um, the purees and extracts and all that, but no way that I'm going to let that come out of the wall without being aged on fresh South Carolina peaches. Oh, 100%, yeah. So the batch that we're going to do this spring, I've already talked with Devin, our um, bar manager. Um, we both got trucks. We're going to drive to Greenville and throw as many peaches as we can in the back of the truck. We're going to drive it up here, all hands on deck. Everybody's peeling and quartering peaches. you got to peel them, too. That's even oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, even, uh, worse. it's even worse. It's way worse. <laughs> it's worth it, though. It's actually really cool that you like put that much effort into like creating something you know yeah yeah i mean there's there's shortcuts around everything but if you're going to do it you might as well do it right yeah, i agree right. you might as well be able to laugh while you're doing it literally i can tell you didn't like the stout glass <laughs> had a hole in it <laughs> stout probably is your favorite drink yeah i don't know about favorite but i do love a good stout Favorite's hard. That's a tough question. I don't know about... Honestly, I just love a sour beer. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is. So, when you come up with a... Have the idea for a new recipe, how much prep time is usually involved with... Before you get started Yeah, on that's a good question. What's the... From, like, you have an idea... From concept, conception, I guess. Yeah, until from conception, conception to glass. To glass, yeah. yes. Um, on the pilot system, it's a little bit more forgiving. Um, you know, we do 15-gallon pilot batches. So, you know, we get one half-barrel keg out of it. Um, I can normally turn those around in two weeks. Oh, um, you know, the bigger batches take longer, more volume. Um, a lot of work for the yeast to, you know, do their thing. But typically can turn those around in two weeks and have a pretty good idea of whether or not it's something that we want to scale up and run on a full batch or if it's something that nobody needs to send me send down the drain <laughs> literally are there um so like the big honey blonde does you know white variations batch tips that go into it but one thing that we have like tried to dial in and make is water chemistry um so we you know we run all of our water through a, a filter that will take out any chlorines or chloralamines or whatever um, and we know what we've got to work with but we will adjust the the concentration of certain minerals in the beer to accentuate what we're trying to get out of the beer so we've got our water uh, we've got our water quality report um, and now we know exactly like I can put it into a program and see where my where my level levels are versus where I want them to be to yeah. be to make the beer as good as it could be. This is your starting water. This is what you need to add to it to make it consistent because ultimately water is the most prominent ingredient in a beer. I, I, I've heard that before that water is pretty much the main. Mm -hmm. So how do you determine if your water that you're using is? I guess you have to have it tested by like other people, right? They have to yeah, come in and pretty much test lab. the water. Yeah, yeah we, we take samples and send it to a lab, and they tell us how much sodium, chloride, calcium, just all this, everything that could be dissolved in water. We know exactly how many parts per million there are and what we need to add to it. So would the taste of the water more or less alter the overall taste of the beer? I would assume, yeah? Not so much because like the water you take would taste tap, different. Could you take tap the, water for the honey, big honey blonde versus whatever water you use now? Would there be a distinctive? I don't know there would be a, a very distinct difference, but it's it, being able, it, I can make a great beer, but 
being able to recreate that beer is the challenge. So trying to control every element. <laughs> so, that sounded good in my head. <laughs> right, no. So whenever you have, like you come up with an idea for a beer, is there, is there one right now that's sitting up here on the on the wall that you came up with just randomly off the top of your head? You're like, you know what? I think if I mix, tasted another beer, and you're like, you know what? If I mix this and this, I think I could get this outcome. Or do you just make them and you're like, because obviously in your head, whenever you're making them, you're like, it's going to taste this way. I have a I have an idea in my mind of what it what I want it to taste like for sure. Okay. Um, granted, if how I want it to taste versus how it's perceived by people that are actually coming in here and you know putting money mm-hmm. on the bar to pay for one is a, a different thing. But the cream ale comes to mind. Um, I, I thought that was kind of a you know end of summer seasonal something fun, but we can't keep it in it, it just goes and goes and goes really which yep. isn't a bad thing i guess yeah, exactly yeah job security <laughs> so what classifies a head brewer to you like do you think there is one because like whenever you start in your garage most people probably wouldn't say that oh he's like the head brewer he knows his shit he, he's, he knows what he's doing versus to you now which most people would be like you definitely know what you're doing I think head brewer is a title that is associated with anybody that is is making beer. Master brewer okay. is the the term that I've shied away from, and you know the they've tried to give me that title, and I've I've told them until I've got you know, until I'm recognized farther than Johnson City that I, I will not accept that title. Um, the head brewer. Um, I don't want to claim to be a master brewer because there's so much science and so many different things involved with with making beer that does anybody ever really master it? I mean, you know, Ken Grossman, yeah, he dialed it in. Um, But I'm not on his level. He's a master brewer. Um, I'm just fortunate that people are still here drinking. It's the accolades that come from the beer. We're actually sending beers into the World Beer Cup this year. Oh, really? That's a so, thing? What yeah. is that? The World Beer Cup? It's the Olympics of beer. I think uh, 66 countries are involved this year. Uh, 2,500 breweries. Is there, can you uh, like watch 9,000 uh, 9, beers are entered. So um, there's a cost associated to it. But, of course. You're um, right. But the results are public knowledge. Yeah. So we're going to send four beers in. What are you sending? Can you say? Yeah. Uh, the Danny's Irish Stout, okay. because I'm proud of that recipe. Uh, the Pale Ale, um, Sergeant York's Farmhouse Ale, and uh, the ESB. So if you get chosen, like... Oh, if I win... It's over for you. Oh, dude, they're going to have to open up the doors a little bit more to get my head in. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. That's, like, huge. And then you can call me a master brewer Yeah, after okay, that, okay. I would love is, to... Get, once, you, once you win, I would love to get you back on and be like, Master Brewery, Danny. Oh, how, do you, yeah. how do you feel? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing now? <laughs> Going to Disney World. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that ESB is unlike any ESB I've ever had. It's very unique. Thank you. It really is. Is that something that you like? And I did say you're like I want. I tasted Twizzlers when I had it. I don't know if that's. He did say that. Well, you tasted cherry that you get from Twizzlers, which is a byproduct of fermentation for the specific strain of yeast that we used. So you're not wrong at all. I didn't cringe at that as much as I did Blondie. (laughs) Blondie. (laughs) (laughs) You want me hanging on that one? (laughs) He's he's over here on his phone, not even paying attention. Sorry. What happened? He just shit on you for calling a blonde a blondie. 
I do have a because like I never know if it's blonde or if it's blondie, and then if I say you know I don't want to sound stupid, but I mean, as soon as you start getting close to the uh, what, once you've US had about Canada border, it could be a blonde day. Once but. you've had about four, like the name. <laughs> once you've had about four, the name doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so the mat. What, what is this? Where does it take place? Is there like a first, second, third? Or no? Where does what take place? The, the, the Brew Cup or the Beer Olympics. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Beer Olympics. Um, we have to send a, each um, each style that we enter, we have to bottle and package and send to Colorado to be judged. And um, it'll be judged in Colorado, but I think the awards banquet coincides with the Great American Beer Fest that's in Minneapolis over Cinco de Mayo. Great. So you, you don't is even there like a way get to, to watch there. this? Is it a thing you can watch? I was going to say, because you, you don't even get to be there, so you don't even know if they like it or not until... I just want them to call me and tell me that I need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a deep sea fishing trip. Like, we, me and my buddies go on a deep sea fishing trip every year, and uh, we're supposed to be gone on Cinco de Mayo, which is when the uh, awards banquet is. I don't want to cancel, but I would love to have to cancel. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. For that reason, that would be a. I don't have a suit. A worthy I'll get a reason suit for that one. <laughs> Just rent a suit. One hundred percent. That's cool. I didn't know the World Beer Cup was a thing, but. Yeah. So you probably get like a plaque or something, yeah. I would Tesla. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> so what? What place? Or do they place them like first, second, third for each beer? I assume. Yeah, I, I think so. There, there are some beer competitions that actually, I think the World Beer Cup is one that they don't they don't have to give measures up. And highest ranking beer it could be a silver, it could be a bronze. Okay, do do they have like a scale, like a like what they go off of, like taste? You know, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I, I assume so. Yeah, they they're they're trained judges. It's not just you know right. open up the doors and everybody come in here and try this and tell us what you think. That makes sense, honestly. So what... Obviously you want the highest medal you can get, but would you be cool if you got any award? Do they have, like, first, second, third place, or is it just... Dude, if I get mentioned at all... That's the way I would be. Honorable mention yeah. is a win yeah. for me. Anything. I think, yes, I made yeah. it. But regardless of how that works out as long as there are still people sitting here and drinking it yeah. and enjoying it and leaving here in a little bit better mind state than they were when they got here then I'm going to call it a win <laughs> I agree with that and I think that's a good note to end it because I finished my beer and you ended on a solid note so same I don't know if I'm Danny thank you so much Dude, cheers you guys thank you for all doing for having this. me no, cheers. never got to do this before <laughs> having these thank you so much thank you genuinely so much for doing this and hope to, honestly I hope to get you one second are we sure we're going on there okay hopefully I hope to get you on another episode maybe in the future so thank you so much for being here Danny absolutely so, you know where I'm at anytime <laughs> absolutely oh, I'll get yeah. you in the back <laughs> alright cheers y'all right, we'll see y'all see ya